Come on, I'm thankful that I serve a God that is different and he makes me different. I don't serve a God that's dead. I don't serve a God that's not listening. I don't serve a God that told a prophet something he's not willing to tell me. I don't serve a God hiding in a cave. I don't serve a God waiting for a moment. Today is my moment. This is my day. I serve a God that is alive and well, sitting at the right hand of the Father, intercessing on my behalf. He is ready for me to operate in the things that he has for me, but in order order to serve a different God, I have got to be different myself. I'm going to have to cut a rug to get this done because I didn't know they were doing that. So open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 1. Peter is writing to a church that is under immense persecution. The emperor Nero has burned the city of Rome and he has blamed the Christians. It is in this context that the Apostle Peter begins to write this letter to the early church and encourage them to remember this one thing. This world is not your home. You are a foreigner in this place. Everything you see, everything that you are is temporary, but there is an eternal that is coming. So plant, sow into the eternal, not the temporary. First Peter chapter 1, verse 13, Peter says this to his people. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober. Not sort of sober. Y'all know what I'm saying. I went to the LSU game yesterday. That's what I was doing on the fifth row in the south end zone. <laughs> Telling you the fireworks went off and the, the guys ran out of the tunnel. I told Pastor John, I got, this, I got the goosebumps, but I don't think it's the Holy Ghost this time. <laughs> Having a hard time hearing him right now through that guy. <laughs> it was a good day. But there was a lot of people that weren't fully sober. <laughs> And when you're not fully sober, how many of you know you're not fully alert? What just happened? <laughs> yeah. The Bible says be alert and fully sober. Not partially, fully, completely. Set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. Watch this, verse 14. As obedient children. Remember the children that we dedicated before we know anything else, we need to know that we are sons and daughters of God. And let that mold us into being different. Do not, because you are children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. When you didn't know any better. Now you know. So it should affect how you go. Verse 15, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy, says the Lord. Verse 17, since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. Now there is one major obstacle to answering God's call in our lives. And the one major obstacle to answering God's call for us is our desire 
to fit in. It's our desire to answer everyone else's expectations of us instead of answering God's call for us. Moses was the voice of the people to God, so he didn't inherit the promised land. But Joshua was the voice of God for the people. He understood there's some expectations of these million people that they had seen the previous leader operate in. They're going to put some expectations on me, but God has placed a call inside of me. And I'm not going to let the people that expect something to override the God that has equipped me for something. I am called. God never called us to fit in. In fact, we are called to stand out. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your heart. Look around at the world that we're in today. Do we really want normal? Listen, I'm looking and I'm watching America go down the same slide that that kingdoms and principalities have gone down uh, generation after generation. Normal is broken. Normal is bound. Normal has anxiety. Normal is afraid. Normal looks at the temporary and is hindered by it. Normal is divorcing at the same rate. Normal has tension, sleepless nights, unfulfilled desires. I want off the road to normal that is broad and everybody goes on. There's a different road for me to walk down. Narrow is the gate and the way, but it leads to life and abundance fulfillment and peace that joy unspeakable and full of glory I don't want to be normal I want to be different anybody can follow the crowd I want to follow Jesus as for me and my house we will serve the Lord I want to be different I want to be different I don't want to be normal I don't know if you've noticed but but normal is kind of painful I want to live above that, not because I'm above it, but because he holds me above it. It's not a normal path. It's a path that's different. It brings peace and purpose and the plan of God to fulfillment in your life. Look at the person beside you today and tell them you look different. (laughs) Now, look at the other person. If it's not your spouse to say you look really different like this is No, don't do that. Don't do that. Especially if it's your spouse. Don't do that. Hey, listen, wherever you are in life today, I just want to give you a disclaimer. Um, If you're perfect and you're in the house today, um, you can be excused. This message is not for you. Um, You would have slept better at your house, so don't come here and sleep. But count the tiles or the light things or, you know, admire the stuff that goes on back here or whatever. But if you're perfect... You can just, you have a bye for the rest of the message. You can rest easy. Um, for any of our guests today, um, or if you're, if you're fairly new, you, you may ask, you probably won't, but it's possible, man, well, is, is the pastor perfect? Is the staff perfect? Well, you can ask anyone who's been here long enough, or you can just ask this beautiful little lady right here on the front row, and she will tell you undeniably, no, the man is not perfect but he is pursuing. 
He's in the process. And he's better today than he was yesterday. And he was better yesterday than he was 10 years ago. Because if I were still the same today that I was 10 years ago, that's another testimony for another day. I have this habit of uh, scaring people. I like to video it if I can. But the best scares that I've ever had, I forgot to video for some reason. Uh, But every now and then, the Lord will get me back for people. And, uh, and things will happen to me that scare me when no one else is around. And, and I don't know if God talks to you the way that he talks to me. I think that sometimes God just speaks to me the way that I speak. Like I hear him teaching me the way that, that I try to teach, and it's just kind of in my personality. So, so me and God are slightly sarcastic <laughs> at times, and uh, I, I was one day throwing the trash. I was on the phone with my mom, who I have scared millions of times, countless amounts of times, and it's not even hard. Like, I mean, she scares as, as easy as some of the ladies in our office. Like, all I have to do is stand there and go, hey, and she's like, Whoa! why do you do that? You know, because you do that <laughs> every time. So I was, I was putting the trash in the, in the trash can, and I lifted up the lid, and I had the phone like this, and, and I, the phone was pinched in between my shoulder, and I had the trash can lifted, and I threw the bag in, but when I lifted it, a salamander jumped off the, and like, like me and lizards, like, those are funny. I'll put them on my ear and walk around, you know, that was fun. But me and salamanders, those are snakes with legs, okay? I don't play salamander. So I had this salamander on my shirt, and I'm on the phone with my mom, and I began to make the sound that she makes whenever I scare her. I've never made this sound before, but I began to go, whoo, 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 whoo. And I'm in my driveway doing the whoo, whoo, and my mom is on the phone going, son, what is wrong with you? What's the matter with you? And I told her a salamander was on me, and I couldn't get it off, because you don't want to touch it, so you're like, ha, yeah. You get real spiritual, and he wouldn't get off, but finally I got him off. My mom thought that was great. There was another time when I was in Searcy, Arkansas, and, and I've shared this story in another, like in another light, but I, I didn't tell you this part, and, and I ha- was hesitant to tell you this part because I don't want you to justify your sin off of something that I've sinned in in the past, but um, this, this pole broke, like a, a wood column, it snapped because of the wind, and this whole, this column, this big concrete conduit uh, column it wasn't filled with concrete, but it was to form the concrete. That thing was part of a temple that we had, you know, mocked up for, for Christmas, uh, Herod's temple. And it, it came down. And I saw it coming down. And it, which I was like, okay. But I was holding God's creation known as a camel at the time. And I don't know if you've ever held a camel, but they're kind of they're large. And, and when, when that column fell down, it was about 50 to 100 feet behind those camels. And those camels didn't know what was going on. You know, they were innocent camels. And so the column snaps and falls on the ground. And this camel that I'm holding, which was the bigger camel, named Micah, I don't remember the little one's name. I just know I had let somebody else hold him for some reason. Micah reared up in the air. I didn't even know they could do this. 
like a stallion. I was like, that is the ugliest stallion. <laughs> you know, and he makes this noise. I didn't know they made that noise. But when he made that noise, something on the inside of me that I didn't want to come out came out in that moment. And the problem was, I was around board members, I was a youth pastor on staff, and the maintenance man was holding the other, the camel. So I said, when that camel raised up, I said, oh, and I didn't say should have bought a Hyundai, but I probably should have. I started it with the same syllables, but that's not what came out. And I swore right there in front of God and everybody, and I jerked that camel down, and it was, a, it was a cool moment except for the fact that I thought I just cussed out loud in front of everybody at the drive through nativity. Baby Jesus is not going to be born here tonight. That's just... And I went and I told my pastor, and then not too many years later, a pastor friend of mine would share a story where he went to Bible college, and and it was a little more serious, and, and this was a little, a little sillier even. But for some reason at Bible college, they would have what they called Monday night cuss night. I don't know. I, who came up with it? I don't know. But they would have Monday night cuss night where it was the one night of the week that all those guys would go together, and they would have a password to get in, and it was a swear word. You know, it was either four letters or longer. And, and you go inside, and that's all they would do, like all night long, which is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. But they would do it in the privacy, and that, so I guess in their dumb college. How many of you were stupid in college? Just raise your hand, right? Come on, just thank you for your honesty. I'm still working out some stuff I did in college. So, so they did this, and then that guy, one of the guys, got a position at a church not too many years later, and they were playing softball. And somebody hit the softball at him. And he was on third base as the youth pastor representing the church with the name of the church across his jersey. And he, on the outside, expressed what he had done privately in Bible college. In the middle of everybody, he dropped the... I mean, it didn't start with shh. It was worse, the worst one that you can think of. And he hollered it. Blank, and he just looked around. He went in a dugout, got his stuff, and he went home. Listen, what's in me will eventually come out of me. If I put it in me often enough, then it is eventually going to expose itself, even if it's in private, eventually it's going to expose itself in public. See, we need to stop trying to fix what we're doing on the outside and start forgiving what's not right on the inside. Jesus said, I don't put fixed people in the kingdom of God. I put forgiven people in the kingdom of God. And when you get forgiveness on the inside of you, it will fix what comes along with the outside of you. Be forgiven. 1 Peter 1.14, as obedient children... Do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. Be forgiven. Stop trying to fix your behavior and focus on your belief. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. I want you to understand today that the word of God, although I love to be, it does not say be happy as I am happy. Some believe that it is God's desire that we should be happy. 
our happiness, the problem with happiness is that happiness is usually tied to happenings. And when happenings do not cause happiness, we think that there's something wrong with us. Or we think that there's something wrong with God. And God's desire is not happiness. God's highest calling for us is his holiness, not, and especially if it goes against our happiness. This is a theology that people have developed in their mind that for some reason we think God just wants us to be happy above all things. This theology of happiness empowers personal justification. It empowers us to justify our selfish acts. Well, I'm not happy, so I'm going to continue doing things that are unwise. I'm not happy, so I'm going to continue to do things that are wrong. I'm not happy in my marriage, so I'm going to stop investing in it the way that I used to, and ultimately, I'm just going to leave. I'm not happy because I don't have this thing, but I'm going to get this thing, whether I have to beg, steal, borrow, or send my family into debt, because I'm not happy, I should get to have it. I'm not happy because I don't have a significant other. I'm not going to wait and trust God with my spouse. I'm going to go out and try everybody on like a sports coat, see if it fits, then throw it back on the rack when I get done with it. I'm not happy because I'm in love and I can't express my love the way that I want to. Well, get out your mama's house, boy, and buy her a ring, and then you can commit and covenant with her, and then consummation will come. Listen, I'm not happy, so I express my need because I'm a man. Well, we're in love. God understands. No, friend, sex outside of marriage is still outside of marriage. This theology empowers us to justify something that is unwise and wrong. And I know that it's heavy and nobody likes to hear it. And this isn't like church building joy right here. Inspiration. But we need to understand, even in the heaviness of this message That God's desire for us is not to be happy, but to be holy as he is holy. See, God does not exist to serve us. We exist to serve him. He was willing to serve us because he understood that in serving us, he could help us to become holy. This word in the original text, it it literally means Holy, set apart, pure, or different. Why were you preaching so hard right there on, on, on purity and, and fidelity, like commitment within covenant? Because that is the number one theme of the New Testament writers. Because they understood that only purity paves the way to true intimacy. And without purity, you will never experience the holiness that God has for you to be different. Megan and I just, uh, this morning, she shared this story with me. And so I implemented it because it really fit right here. But we don't teach Adeline and Emery. Those are my girls, okay? My girls. Jesus gave them to me. And if I have to, I will buy more guns, a bulldog, and take steroids if I have to. Okay? I was arrested once. It really wasn't that bad. Okay, those are my girls. My girls. And I don't teach my girls to play married before they are. I don't teach my girls to have 
boyfriends at seven years old. It's a personal conviction for me. I'm not saying that you're just absolutely dead wrong or that your children are going to suffer the wrath of God if, if you do, but, but I don't. I, I, we teach them, we try to teach them, listen, if you can trust God with your soul, then you can trust God with your spouse. And God has created one man for you. And he's not going to be playing video games in his mama's basement at 15 years old. He's going to be achieving the call of God for his life at 18 to 21 years old, and God will point him out. And if you can trust God to trust Trust me, I'll show him to you. So, Adeline and Megan are kind of having this conversation, and I wasn't around. Thank you, Jesus. Um, and Megan's explaining this. And so, and Adeline understands. She's like, okay, I get it. I get it. You know, I'm seven. That's okay. I don't need that right now. 14, we may have to, you know, it's going to be tougher. I get it. I get it. I want to rant right there, but I'm not going to let myself. It's going to be harder at 14 and harder at 21. But Megan was talking to Adeline and, and, and Emery, and she said, listen, what, what do you want your husband to have? What is, what is the thing, like the, the quality that you want your husband to have? And simultaneously, both the girls spoke, and the oldest girl gave the answer. Adeline said, Jesus. And at the same time, Emery said, a beard. <laughs> So you can just hear them both at the same time. And Megan said, yes and yes, hallelujah. Listen, it doesn't matter to me whether they have a beard or whether they're bald, but I want them to have Jesus. I want them to know that they are the sons of God, not the sons of Eli, that they have a purpose. And my daughter has been prepared in purity. And if I give an offering every week, you better believe that the offering I give on the wedding day is going to be the biggest one I've ever let go of. And I'm not handing it over to some punk that's not prepared. I'm telling you that God wants to give us holiness. He wants our children to have holiness. He wants us to be different. If I'm not different, then I'm not following Jesus. Because Jesus was different. Pastor Craig Groeschel told the testimony, both of his daughters, both of his daughters were married in purity. Both of them were pure when they got married. In fact, his daughters, and it, it shocked him. Their husband on their wedding day was the first guy that they have ever kissed. Well, Chris, that's a fairy tale. No, it's going to be my testimony in Jesus' name. If Pastor Craig can have it for his daughters, then Chris can have it for his daughters. Now, listen, if you're in the house today, listen. If you're in the house today and you say, well, Chris, that's not my testimony. It doesn't matter if you have retained your purity or not. I'm telling you that Jesus can restore your purity because that's my testimony. That Jesus gave me a pure wedding day even though I had not been. That he gave me a pure bride even though I had not been. He gave me a pure moment and some pure children even though I had not been. Because I get to be different when I start following Jesus. Pastor Craig said that people ask him, how did you do that? How did you install that value? And he'd say, I didn't. I didn't teach them that value alone. I just taught them to follow Jesus. Because I believe that if I could teach them to follow Jesus, then they would have the courage to be different. We have to be different. I'm going to address a touchy issue this morning. 
And I want you to hear my heart in it before you get offended. But here in just a couple of weeks, we've got a, a celebration, if you will, known as, as Halloween coming up. And it's on a Tuesday. But on a Sunday night, we are having what we call Carnival. Because we want to offer a healthy, family-friendly opportunity for kids to be involved in. Did you know that my daughters don't know what Halloween is? All they know is the church carnival on Sunday. And I don't think anything is wrong personally. I'm not condemning, right, the innocent practice of, of dressing up like your favorite superhero or your favorite princess. But listen, everyone else on Tuesday night is going to be out scouring the town. And, and they're going to be in all kinds of costumes. Good, bad, ugly, pretty, all the stuff. But... But Megan and I, and I'm not telling you that you have to do this, okay? Please hear my heart. Don't, please don't leave the church over this. Please. This is, this, is not the, this is not the thing I want you to leave the church over. I don't want you to leave the church at all, but I definitely don't want it to be over this. But Megan and I, on Tuesday night, because 10,000 people are going to be out on the town with their children, dressed in costumes, Megan and I are going to turn on our front porch light. Christians, listen to me. People don't just come to your door every day. Turn your light on and be sweet. Turn your light on and show the love of God for a night. Turn your light on and minister to those babies as they come by and, and, and what they don't know could be or may be harmful. Yeah, Halloween was rooted in darkness. I get it. I understand it. Some people don't get it to the way, the, the way that I understand it or the way that I believe it. And that's okay. But our children are going to sit out on the front porch with us. And when people come by, our children are going to serve them candy. Just like Sunday night, we're going to serve all these children candy across the town. Our standards may vary. Our standards may vary. Like our convictions may be a little different. I'm not asking you to adopt my conviction. But I am asking you to raise your children differently. And if we want to raise children that are different, then we have to be different ourselves. The stipulations and the specifics of that may, may vary, but we have one objective. Follow Jesus and have the courage to be different. Look back at verse 14. This is the New Living Translation, verse 14 of 1 Peter. So you must live as God's obedient children. I love this part. Watch this. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. Don't slip. You know, in my entire life, there's never been a day that I just slipped into holiness. <laughs> there's never been a day that I woke up and I was like, I'm going to sin today. I'm going to get... Oh, it's never happened to me. Not one time. Never have, I achieved, never have I pursued sin and ended up accidentally holy that day. I've never woken up and thought, man, I am going to mess this up today and then gotten it all right. It's never happened to me one time. I had to pursue holiness because it's so easy for me to slip back 
into sin. It's so easy for me to slip back into unrighteousness. You have to understand, we have a real enemy. He is the father of lies and the accuser of the brethren. He has come to steal, kill, and destroy, and he is subtle and sneaky. He doesn't do it in America the way that he does it in Asia and Africa and on the Indian reservation. There's not a demonic manifestation over here the way that there is over there. What he does here is he gets you subtly. He gets you secretly. He gets you to just give a little in one area so that he can gain a lot ultimately. He does the same thing to us that he did to Adam and Eve. He's never come to me and said, hey, Chris, worship me. Go get a chicken and go to your garage. Like, no. <laughs> go to, if I get chicken, I'm eating it, okay? I'm not sacrificing it to anybody or anything. Satan has never done that to me. But he has done to me what he did to Adam and Eve. He went to the woman and he said, did God really say? Did God really say study and obey his word? Did God really say pay attention in church and not to your girlfriend? Did God really say, go to the house of God, assemble with other believers? Did God really say, pray and live holy, be different and set apart? Did God really say to wait? Did God really say that you shouldn't watch that that has a rated MA on the top of it, even though it's streaming for $8 a month on Netflix? Did God really say don't go to that movie that's rated NC-17 or R? Does God really think that you can live that holy? Does he really not want you to listen to that music with the bad message or the bad language? Does he really not want you to talk about that person that you may or may not know is or is not that thing. Maybe we call it a prayer request. Sister has a prayer request. She wants to be forgiven. And you begin to gossip and cover it with God. Does God really say not to post exposed pictures of ourselves or Sin, half-dressed things. Does God really say that as men we shouldn't troll social media looking for things that are not ours? Does God really say not to judge lest I am judged? Does God really say that I should love my enemy? Do you get it? See, we look around and we go, man, I'm not that bad. Like, I'm better than a lot of people. God, I've, I'm doing better than, than I was before. I know I'm not there yet, but, but God, I'm, I'm better than that, that person. I, I'm better than a lot of people. Listen, friend, a lot of people are not the standard of holiness. Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, is the standard of holiness. And he prayed that I would be in him as he is in the Father, that I could be made perfect. If the... Worship will join me here. I want to give you some questions for, for reflection today, and then I'm going to close. No, no, no. Yeah. If you're in a small group this week, or even if, if you're meeting with your family together in a house or in a home, or maybe you just get together with some friends, I want to give you a few questions 
Did you know that the scripture, the church was actually birthed in small groups, in home groups? Now, the first one was, was similar to us, like this big crowd and 3,000 people came, but then they dispersed. And, and the early church actually didn't just meet in rows like we meet. The early church met in circles, in a home. And they would do life together. That's why small groups are so important. That's why we're trying to, even as we grow bigger, we're trying to become smaller and more intimate, more personal at the same time because life was meant to be done together. So if you're meeting with anyone this week and you want something, maybe a spouse or a friend, here's the first question. What are three areas I struggle most trying to fit in? What are three areas that I struggle the most in when it comes to trying to fit in? Here's another question. When was a time, or is there still a time, that I put my happiness, my happiness, above God's call for holiness? The third question. What are the biggest ways, what are the biggest ways that I'm different? Some of you may just want to screenshot that with your phone and take it home. The fourth question is, what is the area that God wants me to be different? What is the area that God wants me to... Listen, I've, I've listened to so many sermons and, and so many messages, and I listen online, and I go and attend, and I, I grew up in church, and I've heard a lot of them. I have never been at a loss for messages and sermons. What I have been at a loss for at times was the application of that message. Not the conviction while I was in the church, but the change once I got outside of it. What is the area that God wants me to be different? Like, what can I change so that I can be better, so my family can be better, so that the people that God has put in my path can be better? This is not a message of condemnation. This is a message of conviction that leads to the cross and the power of God to change. It's life and peace. Why do I need to be holy? Why does it even matter that I'm holy? Look at verse 18 with me. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors. I'm thankful and all of you don't feel this way. Maybe you're the first generation believer. But I'm thankful that Thomas A. Fry sold his truck and his business because he saw the secrecy and the lies and the greed and the envy that was being created in that business. And he went to Calvary Missionary Baptist Church. And before he knew every woman in town, but when he died, he knew every word in Scripture. I'm thankful for the heritage of my ancestors. And I refuse to hand down an empty way of life to my children. Because that's not what Jesus gave to me. Verse 19, but with the precious blood of Jesus... A lamb without blemish or defect. 
He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these times for your sake. Verse 21, through him you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and your hope are in God. See, my faith and my hope are in his holiness, not in mine. God says, be holy because I am holy. It is because of him and it's because of what he's done that I want to be holy, that I want to achieve holiness. It's not because I have to. It's because I want to. It's not because of religion. It's because of the relationship that I have found in Jesus because he found me. It's not because of some duty that I'm responsible for, although I am. It's birthed out of a desire to please my heavenly Father. It's birthed out of a desire to, for God to say, have you seen my servant Chris? Have you seen my servant Megan? Have you seen their children and their children's children? We're not talking about modifying behavior. The military can modify behavior. We are talking about motivating with the power of God, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the belief that would change the behavior. We're talking about belief this morning. This is the final thing that I'll say. Living holy. Living holy is not the path to knowing Jesus. Knowing Jesus is the path to living holy. Do you see the difference? I didn't want this message to be about things that I did or did not do. I wanted this message to be about the holiness of God because of what he's done. Would you pray with me this morning, Jesus? I just pray right now if there's anybody in the house that's been convicted today, that's been challenged today. I pray, Lord, that you would help us right now to be obedient to your spirit. To listen and to let you work in our hearts. I want you to ask the Lord right now where you are. God, is there any area in my life that I need to be different? That I need you to put in holiness. Is there any area in my life? Just ask him right where you are. If the Lord spoke something to you today and you would just agree with me, hey, that's me. I, the Lord spoke to me. There's, there's an area. Maybe there's two or three areas. Maybe there's several areas. But I just, there's a place that I need some holiness. Would you just lift your hand? It's just out of a, a sign of confession. That's me. That's me. That's me. Hands all over the room. Thank you. Anybody else? Hey, by the way, I have my hand raised too. <laughs> I'm not done. I'm not done. Can I ask you another question? Because you are surrounded by a room full of people that are less than perfect but believe in a God that is. If you're in this place today and you've never given your life to Jesus or you know that you need to refresh that commitment today and you would like to be included in the prayer of salvation that the whole church is going to pray, 
but you want me to know, you want to admit it to yourself, and you certainly want to raise your hand and let all of heaven know that salvation is yours and you want it today. You want to seal it and be assured of it today. Would you just lift your hand right where you are and say, Pastor, that's me. I want to be included in that prayer. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Anybody else? Thank you, thank you. I see you. Anybody else? Thank you, Jesus. Come on, church. Thank the Lord right now. Father, we thank you and bless you. We thank you for these that are being honest. Thank you, sweetheart. I see you. The heart of the child that wants to return to the Father. Church, would you stand with me today? Stand with me today. Don't gather your things yet. Just stand. Just stand. Stay reverent and stand with me. You don't have to stand if if it's too uncomfortable or if you need to stay seated. But if you raise your hand and you want to be included in that prayer, and even if you didn't, but you want to make sure that Jesus hears you today because he already knows what's in your heart. But the Bible says, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. Church, would you pray with me right now? Jesus, forgive us for the fact that we are not holy. Forgive us, cleanse us, save us. Take our lives, make them yours. Help me to follow you and have the courage to be different. I want to be holy because you were holy. In Jesus' name. Come on, church, would you celebrate those who prayed that prayer for the first time or the first time in a long time? What a good God we serve. Hey, listen, if you, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it with all of your heart, we believe that, that God recorded it and he heard it. And if you would let us know, we would be more than honored today. If you just write your name on a connect card, it should be in the chair in front of you, or you can let one of our, our, our welcome desks know, I just need a connect card real quick. Just write your name on it. And let us know the commitment that you made. If you're our guest, please make sure and turn that in because we have a gift for you. I want to pray a prayer of blessing over you, and I'm going to dismiss you because we have at least 100 plus, maybe 150, 200 in Jesus' name that are about to come into the 11 o'clock service. So don't steal all their coffee because you've already had yours, okay? But let them have some, and you can hang out with us for the next worship service if you want to. Let's pray together. Would you just open up your hands like I'm handing you a present if you're comfortable with that? Jesus, I love you, and I thank you for this day. I pray that you would bless us and keep us, that your face would shine upon us and be gracious to us. I thank you so much for those that have come today. I pray that you would reveal yourself to them. Save us all. Fill us with your spirit. Anoint us to accomplish your will and to walk in your ways and Empower us to be a witness for you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Hey, meet somebody that you don't know before you go today. Thank you so much for being here.